Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. We're going to talk today about keys to go into the next level with God in your life. How to go to, with God to the next level that God has for you. You know, last week we, we started out with this story. It's in Luke 5. And we were reading about how God brought increase to Peter. You know, it was supernatural. It wasn't natural. It was unusual. Supernatural increase. And we saw some keys there. I wanted to go over them again because I think repetition is important. And I like to go over what we just went over, right? But for the sake of time, I can't do that today. Maybe we'll review that and some other things next week. But today I'm going to get back into this story. And I want to talk about going to God's next level for your life, okay? You know, we're, we're not supposed to, we don't, we don't plateau with God. We're either going forward or we're going backwards. That's just the way life is, okay? And so I think COVID caused a lot of people to actually begin to go backwards with God when, when they should have gone deeper, right? So we go forward in one way, uh, and that, that is by going deeper in God. That means that our relationship is growing. We're in a new level of communion with Him, uh, of oneness with Him. How many of you realize you haven't exhausted all of God and all God's got with, for you. And how many of you want more? You want to be closer to God. You see, God's made it so that it's only the hungry that are going to get fed, right? The thirsty are the ones that He gives drink to. And what do you have to do to the ones who hunger and thirst? You seek. You, you want that more, and God rewards that, right? So God's going to give you more of himself. So that's one area where there's increase. The second in area, not just increase, but we're using the word today, uh, going to the next level. So that's one area that you go to the next level in. And another one comes out of that, and that is um, going to the next level of your purpose in God. Now, you can't, in my opinion, you can't necessarily make that happen but you can do certain things that enable that to happen. In other words, you can, you can connect with God on what God's doing to bring you to the next level of His purpose for your life, okay? And that is so connected to that first thing I said. These two things are intertwined. As you're going forward in your relationship with God, as you grow in your knowledge of God, as He's getting Himself more deep into every area of your life, you are going to be prepared and ready for the next level of what God's got for you purpose-wise. Amen? Do y'all see what I'm saying? So we're going to see that from this story. All right, so I want to I read this story here, and we're going we're gonna to see the flow of this story and go from where we were last week into what I have mentioned we're going to talk about today, going to the next level. Okay, so here it is again, Luke 5, verse 1. The multitude is pressing around Jesus. They want to hear the word, and he's by the lake. There are two boats there, verse 2. Um, the fishermen weren't there anymore, so he gets. they're not using the boat, so he gets into one of the boats, asks Peter, who was the owner of the boat, Put them, put them out a little from the land. And then he sat down and taught the multitudes. Now that's a, a great revelation for me. You can actually teach and preach sitting down. And so um, I used to think, is that good? You know, uh, how can you get into the message that way? Um, but Jesus is sitting down and preaching. Maybe one day I'll try that. Right now I sit on the, I stand on this little box in People are like, why do you stand on that little, it's a box about this big, about that tall. You could see it. I stand on this little box. The reason I stand on this box, number one, it makes me taller and it makes me fit right into the screen. But beyond that, it keeps me from walking around everywhere. Because if I walk around, I'll fall off. So this box has a big purpose. Helps me, helps me stay still, a little more still. 
when I was when I was a little boy, I was in church, and um, I was moving around so much, and I forgot what my mom did. With I don't know if she pinched me or whatever, and she's telling me sit still. And I got upset, and I'm told I told uh, my mom later that day, I said uh, I'm going to be a preacher when I grow up. Believe me, that's not why I became a preacher. But um, she's like, and I, and I, she's like, you want to be a preacher? I said, yes, I want to be a preacher because that way I can move any way I want to in church. <laughs> anyway, so um, here is Jesus. He's sitting down on the boat. He goes out. He's gone out from them so he can speak to them. And I just wonder how his voice was. He had to yell, I would think. I don't know. But there's a multitude there. So uh, they must have been really quiet, like listening to some of them like this, because there's so many there. And um, so he's put out from the land. He's sitting down. And when he'd stopped speaking, we looked at this last week. Jesus doesn't tell us exactly. The Bible doesn't even tell us what he preached. But he's getting ready to tell us a story. There's, there's a message in the story that's so important. Do you see what I'm saying? Otherwise, he'd have just shared what he preached that day. This story is conveyed because Jesus is talking to us through this story in a major way. And he says, launch out, your, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. There's so many great things. I won't go over them again that we see in this story um, of what's happening here. And Peter answered and said to a master, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. However... Because you say, I'm going to let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So you see here, Peter didn't want to do it. Do y'all see that? His mind is going, oh, this preacher is telling me, go and to the deep, which is a commitment. It's not like just go right out. No, no, go back into the deep where you're supposed to fish and cast the nets again. Oh, we've been doing this all night. Can y'all sort of hear that and what he's saying? He's not going, yay, I got a word from God. We're going, hey guys, come on. We're going to catch a lot of fish. No, he's going, oh. That's your word, man. I just, that just really touches me. Because that's so often how we end up blessed. We get a word. We don't necessarily, we're not 100% positive it's a word from God. And we act on that word that what we feel like we ought to do. It's just right to do that. Well, because you said that, and I know you're a man of God, you're a preacher, you're God's. I know that. Because you said that, I'm going to do it. We know to do right somehow. And we quit arguing with that inner conscience and we do it. And, and we can be so surprised at how God blesses that. But I wanted to say that's so often how God blesses us when we don't want to go to church and we do. We don't want to pray, but we do. We don't want to read the word that day, but we do. We don't want to go help somebody in some situation, but we do. I just want to say so often that is when the extra blessing comes to our life. So here he is. He goes out. They got, they caught all these fish. Peter had the signal to the partners in the other boat. Remember, Peter got the word. Peter's the one that sold his boat. That boat is the boat that got the blessing. And he had enough for the other boat. What a, a great illustration there, if you look into that. So they signaled to their partners and the other boat come. They came, filled both boats. Now, now look at this. When Peter saw it, this is what we're going to focus on from, from here on down. When Peter saw it, when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who are with him were astonished had the catch of fish with which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee. Whoa, I almost fell over. 
who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. This is really a remarkable story, not just because of what happened to the fish, but what happened to Peter and what happened to these men, okay? So look at this. He has reluctance. He doesn't even want to go and give the effort to go back and go fish. You see that? He's, a, he's got this attitude of, I don't want to do that. Ugh. But he does it. Right? Only a few hours, he's gone from that attitude of not wanting to go back again to being willing not only to go back, but to leave everything he's known. He's willing to leave his work, what has provided for his family, what he's been trying to get good at his whole life, what he's been praying God to bless his whole life. He's not only willing to go out, now he has, he has been willing to let go of everything and have a radical change in his life. Can y'all see the amazing transformation there? He has gone from being a good believer, listening to Jesus' message, to being a radical man of God, radical serving God, radically leaving everything to follow him. And I just want to say, I believe this is something that God is going to do in this hour. He is going to take people who are reluctantly obeying him, reluctantly coming to church, reluctantly going to Zoom, reluctantly making themselves pray, maybe not even doing it. Maybe they are not even at that place. Maybe they've just been making excuses. I don't really need to go to church. I can do this. I don't really need to get on Zoom. I can do this. I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to get into the Word. God understands. God, I'm tired, right? God is going to come into the earth. God is going to show Himself and do some amazing things. And He's going to wake up this generation of reluctant believers, of reluctant people, and cause them to be radical men and women of God, not only willing to do the little they should have been doing already, but willing to leave everything and say, I don't care about that. I trust God's going to take care of me. I'll let go of it all and do whatever God wants me to do. Amen? I believe that's where God's bringing us. And that is just so amazing. He woke up one morning having no idea of what was going to happen that day. Having no idea that before he came home the next day, he would not be a fisher of fish anymore. Man, and look at that. I mean, that's just, that's just mind-boggling, right? And this testifies to this point. You don't know what can happen in a day. He'd been a fisherman his whole life. His dad had been a fisherman. Probably his granddad had been a fisherman. And he just had that rhythm. But in one day, God showed up in this man's life. And from that day, everything was different. Here's a verse. It talks about this. It's in Proverbs 27.1, a verse which some of you know has a very special meaning to me. But it says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. Now, that verse is specifically talking about not being prideful, okay? Not being so self-confident. Oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, I know I can make it. Tomorrow, this is going to happen. Oh, tomorrow, I'm going to do this. Tomorrow, I'm going to make. That's what he's talking about there. Don't be prideful about tomorrow. Don't be so self-confident about what you're going to do, about what you're going to make happen, about how you're going to increase, right? But that point he's making is based on a 
truth of what? You can't be prideful about tomorrow. Why? Because you don't know what a day might bring forth. A day. I am telling you, a day. And I believe fully there are going to be some amazing and shocking days that come into this earth, that come into our nation, that come into your life, that brings you into something new. This happened to Peter in one day. He went from cold religion, which I believe he was a good man. I believe he loved the Lord. But he went from a place of a cold faith, reluctant faith, oh, I don't want to have to go the extra mile, to laying down everything in one day. Wow. There are a lot of one-day stories. My favorite one, or the one that's most obvious, you probably already have it in your mind, was Joseph. Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers, thrown into a pit, almost killed, goes to be, um, what was the fellow's name? Potiphar's slave. Gets falsely accused, unjustly accused, thrown into jail with no representation whatsoever in a land he is not even, he doesn't even, he's not from there. Right? It's like you being in some country, you don't even know the people there, and you get thrown in jail there, and there's nobody to help you. Nobody cares about you. Wow. And he's down there in the dungeon, and in one day after years, and this is really just powerful, in one day, think about that. Somebody comes down and says, Pharaoh wants to talk to you. Just like that in one day. It's amazing what can happen in one day. In just one day. Now, we get so used to things being like they are. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think Joseph was ever going, man, I've been here the longest. Are things ever going to change? What about Abraham? 25 years? Oh, do you think it's ever going to happen that way? Maybe something else. Maybe it's not... And one day, one day God showed up to Abraham after 25 years. And he says, it's going to happen now. <laughs> Think about that. God gives him a promise. And then you have years and years and years go by. And 25 years later, he goes, God's going to do it now. Wow. God's going to do something. God's got some things in mind. And it's going to start with God revealing himself. Amen? Look at this. When Peter saw it, when Peter saw it, I believe there's a double meaning there. I don't believe he's just talking about when he observed the natural thing. And you can, you can see there's a great seeing going on here with Peter in a minute. But when he saw, when it hit him, what just happened, in other words, when the light came on, as he's watching that miracle, the light came on. Um, look at what, what happens here. It, it says, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. So what's happened here? This miracle has caused something to happen the light comes on about Jesus and he sees something about Jesus he's never seen before. Can y'all see that here? You see, this miracle got his attention and through the miracle, through the miracle, Peter's eyes were opened. I want to just share, that's so often in Scripture. Jesus said specifically, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe what I'm saying, believe because of the works. Isn't that true? And Paul said, the kingdom doesn't exist just in word, but in power. I don't care about their words. Let me see their power. And he said somewhere else, I wanted, I determined not to win you with the wisdom of men, 
how smart I can be, how, how I can come up with this and that kind of message. That's not how I wanted to win you. There's something that has to be more important than me just giving you the knowledge of this and that. He said, I determined that when I came to you, that I was going to just trust in God, in Jesus, and know Him, to know Him. Man, what a great point there. Listen to this. You're going to communicate what you know here. You see, Peter is having an insight. It's a the light coming on moment. It's an encounter. And that is what is going to come out of you when you're sharing with others. That is what's important. It's not just stuff that's up here. It's that light that's come on on the inside of you. Then when, when Paul says, I want you to experience the power, so he goes and he then says um, from, from there, I just made sure I knew him. He's talking about relationship. And then what does he say? And know him crucified. That's the message. It's the relationship and it's the message of him crucified what He's done for us, who He is, our Savior. You see what I'm saying? And He says, because I did not want your faith to rest on man's wisdom, on man's programs, on man's cunning, on being hip, on connecting with the personality of this and that. I am telling you, we've had so much of that that's happened in the earth. God's not into that. You're going to have to have your own revelation, your connection with God, your connection with who He is. Amen? You need an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that will open up your eyes and where you see Him, not because of your parents, not because of how you grew up, not because of your tradition, not because of school you went to, even Sunday school. You need to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ where your eyes are open and that you see Him and that you know Him for who He really is. Amen? Amen? That's the way this thing works. Do y'all remember later? Jesus is speaking and um, He says this to His disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they're, they're answering honestly. Who do they? Well, I heard somebody say you're Jeremiah. Somebody says you're John the Baptist. Now, you know, you have to be curious. What do they mean by that? Maybe they mean the ministry of Jeremiah is in you. The ministry of Jeremiah. I don't know exactly what they meant and how they were saying that. But he's like, who do people say that I am? This is the conversation. Everybody's talking. Everybody's got an opinion. But it's not an opinion that matters. Your opinion might be that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to just say that opinion doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to have more than an opinion. Then he goes, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus is going, yes! Man, I believe what he heard. It wasn't the words. It, Jesus realized where the words came from when the man said that. He had had an encounter with God that caused the light to come on. And that's when Jesus recognized that light in him. And he said to him, you are blessed. And it's not because you have an opinion. You didn't get that just because you grew up with that. You didn't get that from other people. You got that from the Father. You got that from God. He had had an encounter with God. Do y'all see what I'm saying? He's going... You are blessed because the light came on. The light of God has to come on on the inside of you. If you just go to church because that's what you've always done, that's what you think good people do, that's what you think moral people do, well, that's okay, but that's not enough. 
You need to be born again. You need to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can praise God that all you need to do to get it is to ask Him with all your heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13, If you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. Amen? All you've got to do is come to God. Are you confused? Do you really want to know if this is true? How do you know that you don't know? Well, I tell you, if you do know, you've been willing and you've come to God and say, God, I'll follow you wherever. It's because the light of who He is has come so true to you and you want to put Him beyond every other thing in your life. And if you don't know if you've gone there or you don't know who He is or you're not sure or you're living off of somebody's opinions or you're just going, well, they think it's true. Maybe it's so, you know. No, you can't, you can't do that. You need to have your faith in God. You need to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus yourself. You can't live off of your parents' faith. You're not going to go to heaven because of your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith. You're going to go to heaven because of your faith. Amen? You must be saved. You must be born again. The light of God must come on on the inside of you. It's got to happen. That happened with Peter when he's fishing. And that's been happening a lot more. So there he is with Jesus and he goes, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, goes, and Jesus goes, that's it, that's it. You're blessed. You, you received that from God the Father. And then from that experience, from that revelation, from Jesus seeing the light of God on the inside of Peter, which is a revelatory experience he's had, he goes, you're Peter, but on this rock, on what just happened, which is a rock of revelation and of light on the inside of you, on this rock, I am going to build my church. We've tried to build God's church out of so many things. We've tried to even use the government to build God's church. We've tried to use everything to build God's church. God can use certain things in society, but He's going to build His church through the preaching of the gospel, through those people that know Him, and by others knowing Him, who also are having the light come on, and they are becoming radical followers of Christ. Amen? When that happens, when that light comes on, you're going to be willing to let go of everything. And I will just say that is a process that starts when you get saved, and it does not ever finish. There's an ever-growing, increasing relationship of God that God is bringing you to. And that happens by the light of God coming on. Revelation. And that also happens by you recognizing your need. If you stop recognizing your need, you are going to stop growing. Once you stop letting God uproot things in your life and dealing with you, you're going to stop growing. Look at this. Peter saw. He knew who Jesus was. Now, from what we know in Scriptures, and we can hear this like things in Acts where, G where Peter, uh, Peter says, oh, I've never done something like that. I've never eaten unclean food. Can you think about that? Peter never ate a piece of bacon. I mean, that's just amazing. I wonder if he ever smelled it and he just had to go, can't eat that. He said, I never touched that kind of food. That's in Acts. He was a, he was a dedicated believer in God. Right? I believe he lived right. I believe he went to church every week or synagogue, right? And look what happens when he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. And he says, verse 8, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. I will tell you this is so true. The more you see Jesus, the more you're going to see yourself. Doesn't the Bible say the Word of God is a mirror? 
when you get into the Word of God? If you're not seeing yourself, you're not, you're not in the Word of God, it's, or the Word of God's not in you. You see Jesus, you're going to see you. You're going to recognize who you are. You're going to recognize things that need to get dealt with in you. This happened with Peter. Man, I tell you, it happened with me. How many times I see people come to the Lord, they'll come to God, and, and they'll just start, in the process of coming to God, some of the first things people start doing is beginning to excuse their life. They'll excuse whatever not, isn't right. They'll excuse a relationship, maybe where they're sleeping with somebody they're not married to. They'll begin to excuse certain things they've done. They'll excuse, you know, and when I hear that, I'm like, you don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, God doesn't even want to hear that. He doesn't need to hear that. You're not going to make God go, oh, I am so proud of you. No. You know what God wants to hear? He wants you to confess what he's shown you in that light. And guess what he does? Look what, what he does here with, with Simon. Simon says, depart from me. And um, what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. Jesus doesn't pat him on the back and say, um, oh, don't feel like that. Oh, that's not right. He doesn't correct him. Because there's something right about what Peter said. Do y'all see that? But he takes him past that. And he goes, I understand, but I accept you. What made him accept him? That breakthrough. Let me just say, this kind of breakthrough is so key to us going forward in our lives with God. It happens like that, and sometimes it happens over a process, and sometimes, and I would just say all the time, it should be happening at least at some level. I would say, God deals with me like every, seems like every day. I come close to God, I draw near to God, and God, God would deal with me on something, and I realized I had an attitude that was wrong. I did, it's just a normal thing. Has any, any of you ever had that happen? It's just a normal thing. I can remember intense seasons of growing in God, and I can remember sometimes seeing something so big in my life, I'm going, oh, wow, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my Lord, how in the world? I'm so sorry. I, and, and I just get that out. And I know God forgives me, right? And I would even think sometimes, wow, I didn't even know that was there. That must have been like one of the most major hurdles in my life God was trying to deal with for all these years. And then, and I'm going, wow. And then the next week or the, maybe the next day, I have that experience all over again with something else. You know what I'm saying? When you draw near to God... You're going to have God shine the light of who He is. And if you don't deal with what God's saying, you're not going to go forward. You see God in the miracle. Praise God. You see God in whatever. You've got to deal with what God's showing in your life or you're not going to go forward. What about the rich young ruler? Man, what a great example that is for this story, right? He comes to God. Man, I know I'm missing something. I just know I'm missing something in my life. I'm a good guy. You know, I do everything I'm supposed to do. I do all the Ten Commandments. What's he doing? He's excusing himself. Do y'all understand that? He knew something wasn't right deep down, but he was trying to look at all the outward things to excuse his life. That's what everybody does. Most everybody, when you start to talk to them about serving God, they put up all these little things. They don't want you to go deep. They want you to, oh, I've been doing this. I've been, don't even go there, Jesus. I've been doing exactly what I'm supposed to have been doing. I've been living good. I'm a good person. I'm a good man. But I know something's missing. I want to make sure I'm saved. God gives him his miracle. What was that? A word from God directly to his soul. Sell everything, you rich man, and come follow me. Do y'all see how what the, this man told this rich young ruler is the same thing he told Peter? 
And do you realize when that just like Jesus gave Peter a miracle and a revelation where in the in the fish that made him go and see himself? Jesus has given this rich young ruler a miracle of a word, the exact word he needed to hear. And he knew God was talking to him. God was face to face with him. He was having his potential God encounter. The light is shining. Jesus is showing himself. But to go further, he's going to have to bow down his knee and say, oh God, help me. I'm a sinful man. If he had done that, Man, if he would have done that, he would have gotten his breakthrough that day. Do y'all see that? God wants us to say, Lord, I messed up. God, help me. And acknowledge that before God with all of our heart. And when you do that, God will step into your life and shine the light. Transformation begins to happen. And he will bring you to your next phase of life. Man, that's good. God gives Peter a miracle. God loves to do miracles, by the way. Don't ever say God doesn't do miracles today. He loves them. He loves to meet the needs of people. He loves to demonstrate Himself. He gives a miracle to Peter. Whew! He sees Jesus in the miracle, which is what a miracle should do. It should show Jesus. It ought to make you captivated and astonished at Jesus. He sees Jesus. Boom. He's broken. Oh, because when he sees Jesus, he sees himself. When he sees himself, he has to, he's, he's, oh God, I'm sorry. God, help me. God, forgive me. What does Jesus do? That was the breakthrough. Do y'all see that's important to this story? He's highlighted this story for an important reason. And what does he do? He doesn't excuse him, but he doesn't um, condemn him. When he confesses his sin, he says, come on, now you're going to the next level. You're not going back fishing anymore. I'm going to bring you to something new. Man, I just love that. I just love that. God will so bring us from where we have been to that new place if we just allow God to deal with us. You see? Let God deal with you and you watch what happens. There's another great story like this in the Old Testament. It's, um, it's in Isaiah. Isaiah is a great man of God. He's called to be a prophet. You see him in the Word of God. He's beginning to prophesy. Oh, the Word of God is coming through him. He's speaking. The, I mean, think about this. This is a man God's called. He's speaking words that are going to be written down as eternal scriptures. This is a godly man. Then if you look in chapter 6, he has a new encounter with God in chapter 6. The light comes on. He sees God in a new dimension. And what does this holy man say when he sees that? Do y'all remember? What does he say? Unclean lips. Woe is me. God shows up. Oh, God. I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh, God. God doesn't correct him. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, don't say that. Don't, don't think bad about you. He doesn't correct him. What does he do? He takes a burning coal. This is a vision now. He didn't literally burn his lips. He takes a burning coal and he purifies his lips. And then what does he do? What does he do then? It's part of the story. So powerful. There's a pattern. What did he do with Peter after Peter confessed? Come on, let's go. What did he do with Isaiah? 
He sees Jesus. He sees himself. God cleanses him. And he says, go and tell him. He brings him into a new level of his assignment because of the experience he just had. Y'all see where we're going here or where we've gone? You want a new encounter with God? You want to go to the next level? Do you want to connect with your purpose and that thing you're supposed to be doing? It's not so difficult. First of all, it comes through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I just will encourage every single one of you today, go seek God. Go ask God, Lord, show yourself to me. If you're doing it casually and you don't care really, you know, you're just doing it flippantly, I don't know that God's going to answer that. But the Bible says when you ask with all your heart, He'll do it. I don't care what your background is. You might be a Muslim, Hindu, Christian, Christian-born, Christian culture, Jew. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you want to know the truth about God and about Jesus Christ, if you are sincere with God and you ask Him, God, show me. I guarantee you He will. All you got to do is be sincere and desperate enough to ask Him. He'll show Himself to you. But then you're going to have to be willing to do what He says. What's the point in knowing if you're not willing to pay the price to follow Him? So you need to say, God, show me who you are and I'll be willing to follow you. I'll be willing to obey. If you show me, I'll follow you. Let me tell you, if you're willing to do that, it takes a lot of courage, but God will hear that prayer. He will not deny that prayer. Said with all your heart. It might cost you a lot to follow the Lord, but I'll just say this, to the degree that you ever, ever give anything to God, it's going to come back to you in blessings. Paul said something like this, the sacrifices of this temporal life aren't even worthy. And if you look at what he went through, it's like he called them light sacrifices. If you look what he did, I mean, there's none of us that have had the level of sacrifice he went through. He says, take this level of what I've been, it's, it's light in comparison, and it's not even worthy to be compared with the weight of glory that these sacrifices are producing. Let me say this. Think about this. Do you realize that God calls every single one of us to a life of laying down our life, walking a path we don't necessarily want to walk, going a direction we may not want to do, and we have to have something in our mind that motivates us. And you need to know there's an eternal weight of glory for every little temporal difficulty and sacrifice that you make. And these are small and compared, to, and they're temporary compared to the weight of the majesty and the glorious things that are on your side because of you having lived that way. I would just say on the other side, I believe, you know, the Bible says we'll all go through that judgment time. And it says some people are going to go through the judgment and it's going to be like they went through a fire. Everything they did is going to get burned up. I don't understand how all of that's going to work, but I can't imagine that being a very positive at that moment experience. To realize all my work was for me. All my work was for my little kingdom, my little life. But then he goes, but the ones that have done what God wanted them to do, there'll be things that will never be burned up and they'll be eternal. And I'm just encouraging you. You know, too many times, I, I, I know God brings us breakthrough. I love breakthroughs. I love it when God brings me the fish. Oh Lord, what an amazing, amazing wonderful life I have. Look at all these fish you gave me today. But then I have to be willing to leave it all. I have to be willing to leave all those fish God just gave me and do the next thing. Are y'all see what I'm saying? And I have to be willing 
So I have to ask. And then I have to be willing to see what's inside of me. We live in a very selfish church culture that is very self-centered. I believe James is talking to Christians just like that. And he goes, you guys are so worldly. You're filled with just the things of this life. And then he's like, go, wrestle with God, weep and mourn He's over, over who you are. That's a really difficult scripture for some because truthfully, I mean, I'm not going to walk around every day weeping and mourning of who I am, right? I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed. I'm going with God, but God deals with me all the time. He's talking to a stubborn people who are still living for themselves. They're not on that path. They're not living for God every day. They're focused on themselves. They're in church. They're in church, but they're worldly. And he goes, wrestle with God and you enter into this revelation because this is what God's probably been talking to you about a long time and you kept ignoring him. He wanted you to go to another level, but you wouldn't because you kept going, no, you wouldn't give him this area. You wouldn't give him that area. When you start doing that, you're like that rich young ruler I mentioned earlier. God goes, here it is. Deal with this. And he goes, ah, not today. He walked off sad. Too many people. God deals with them. They go, not today. They don't change. There's no greater increase. And they don't find and discover that place of their purpose. I'll just mention this story. There was a guy one time, I just remembered this when I was thinking about this message for today. There was a guy in church one day after the message. This guy had been in some deep sins. I mean, his lifestyle was, I mean, and he, I was so happy he'd come to church. I think he'd come for three or four times and he comes up to the front. He's just crying and crying and crying. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh, I'm not even going to touch him. I'm not going to comfort him because I can tell God's dealing with him. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? And then later, a guy came up to him, started comforting him. Oh, don't feel bad. And, and I, I thought about that a lot. And I said, if that happens again and I feel like God's dealing with somebody, I'm going to say, let him alone. God's dealing with him. God's wanting to get to the root of what's in him, what he's held back from God. So getting back to this point, is there something God's been pointing his finger at in your life? Maybe you're already dull to it. Maybe you've been dull to it a long time. How do you know? I can just tell you if you're not growing in this, if it's not happening all the time where God's dealing with stuff, doesn't the Bible say it's like, it, it's like a word? I mean, the word is like a, excuse me, like a sword that cuts away that, I mean, the word does that all the time. If that's not happening in you, you shortchange the process. Amen? Do y'all see that? All you've got to do is go, God, I'm going to enter in. Now, if you know your life's messed up, what I mean is worldly, you, and you know you hadn't gotten repentance, I'd just say the way James said, you know what? Just go into that. I don't live my life like that because I try to live a life of repentance, if you understand what I'm saying. But if you need to go there, that's what you need for your next breakthrough. And then you need to let you need to be willing to let go of everything. Okay, so what what do we got here? First of all, God, show me yourself. Secondly, I got to be do, willing to do whatever God wants me to do. I have to lay down what God wants me to lay down. I have to let go of what God wants me to let go of. I have to also be willing to see myself and deal with myself because when I see God, I'm going to see myself. And then I have to be willing to do what God says to do. After you have that revelation, God wants to bring you to the next level, but you got to be willing to go there. You got to be willing to let go of everything and go into the things that God's got for you. Amen. So let me pray. Would you just stand to your feet? Let me, I'll just pray. Father, today we just say, Lord, God, we want to know Jesus. Just like Paul said, Lord, we want, we want the light to come on. And Lord, uh, we know even in your word, you spoke to your church. And that's where Paul even said, I'm praying for you, church, that you'd have a greater understanding that the light would come on in a greater dimension. 
And Lord, there's many of us who've been walking with you, but we need a greater dimension of light. Lord, we need a greater dimension of light. And God, let that begin to be the prayer of the church of this hour. Lord, we prayed for so many things. We need to begin to be praying. Lord, may the light shine brighter. God, may you give us a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge of him. May we walk with you like we've not walked before. God, deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. God, uh, take that out of us so that Jesus would occupy those places with his light. Oh, God, that's what we're asking for today in Jesus' name. Lord, for all of those who've been wondering, is God real? Is, is, God, is, this, is Jesus real? Uh, maybe people from other backgrounds. Father, I just pray right now that this, what I shared would connect in faith to them and they'd have faith to know if God's real and if I ask Him with all of my heart and I'm willing to follow Him, if He's real, He's going to answer me. If He's good and He's real, He's going to answer that prayer because I, I really want to know. So you ask that prayer right now and the rest of the day and tomorrow and you just keep bringing it before the Lord. I tell you, God will heal, hear that prayer. Praise God. Let God deal. And you go to a new place where God will bring you into that new level that, you have, that He's got for you. You got to be willing to whatever that is. You don't know what a day might bring forth. You don't know what God might bring you into tomorrow. The open door for Peter was sort of vague. Follow me. Come, let go of your fishing. Hang out with me every day. God, we don't know where that might be. But all we know is, God, we're willing. We're willing to let go of the big catch of fish you just brought us. And say, here we go, God, into the next thing. We're willing to start all over, God. We don't care. It's all about following you. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. God, bring us to this new place. A new place of revelation, a new place of light, a new place of freedom from the things on the inside of us that we've been hiding from you. A new place of purpose. That thing you've called us into, that thing you've called us to walk into. God, bring us there, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.